I'm here with uh, Joshua Tongo, and I've been a uh, former pastor, an evangelical missionary uh, who um, was really into Christianity, and his spiritual journey has taken him uh, to where he's at now. We're going to get into where, where he's at spiritually at the moment, but also kind of discuss a little bit of what his experience was like as, uh, as, a, as a Christian. And it's so odd, Joshua, to see somebody who was evangelical. Here's the thing. There's people who, you know, pick up certain things like meditation or yoga or spirituality um, along the way, but not from somebody who's had an evangelical Christian past. <laughs> right? yeah, so how does that happen that somebody transition? Usually it's the other way around, right? You have these people who are like new age types. They have yeah. lore mysticism. They have an experience that, that, that might be demonic. And then, yeah. and then they call upon the Western archetype for God, which is Jesus. And, and you know, all the angels save them from the demonic new age stuff that they were into. That is the classic scenario. But here we have a different type of transition. So I'd love to hear, you know, from you on, on how that happened. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so I went backwards. <laughs> I went the reverse, as you said. Um, so, so how far you want me to go back, bro? You just want me to share my whole journey of uh, growing Absolutely. up as a Absolutely. I think we'd, we, I definitely would benefit from it. I know that my audience would as well. Cool, cool. Right. Um, so, yeah, so as you were saying, um, I was a pastor, but, you know, even before that all started, I actually was raised, I was born into a Christian home. And uh, my parents, they were Roman Catholic before I was born. But then, you know, they had my sisters. They were still Catholic. But then when I was born, they were already a Protestant, Protestant Christianity, right? It's a certain form of Christianity. And so although I was born into it, that doesn't mean that I didn't actually believe it. As some people actually think that, that I was just born into it and I was never the real deal, so to speak. And so when I was born into it, that just meant that that was my main influence in my life. And I believed it 100%. All the, you know, all the, what you would call the essential doctrines of the Christian faith, you know, the, the Trinity, the deity of Christ, even the inerrancy of scripture, you know, which is necessary for us evangelicals in particular. And uh, I, I held to all of those things, dude. And so growing up, um, I was just a really simple Christian. You know, I did take it seriously in some ways, but I was also, you know, just like a typical kid, you know, getting in trouble here and there, but still at times trying to uh, walk by faith, so to speak. And um, when I was older, as I got older, um, I eventually got a little bit more serious. And it happened um, in my late teenage years where I eventually got into, I was actually raised in what you would call a word of faith uh, type of uh, Christianity. So I don't know how um, familiar audience is with that, but just to like give you guys an idea, our Christianity in our household is very influenced by something called TBN, which is a Christian network, the, the Trinity Broadcasting Network. So you see a lot of the guys who are like faith healers, um, you know, a lot of guys speaking about prosperity and, you know, um, just all those types of things, people speaking in tongues. So I grew up in what's called a Pentecostal tradition, uh, more specifically the word of faith traditions where we would talk about speaking things into existence. Um, just things like that, like a lot of the stuff that you'd see on the Trinity Broadcasting Network. And so I grew up with that. Um, and so what happened was, and I, I guess you might be familiar with this part of my story, is that I was born with only one hand. Were you familiar with that? I saw that. Yeah, so basically my whole life, bro, um, as you're aware, is I, I really struggled with that ever since I was like a little kid. And I should be staring at that. 
the screen on. <laughs> um, you know, I, I was struggling a lot with as I was a little kid. And so just like uh, typical kids, man, you know, they could be pretty cruel. And so I was teased a lot. And so growing up, I believed in a God who does miracles. And so I would constantly pray for a miracle. I would pray for my hand to grow. I would go to crusade after crusade. Um, even the, the big timers, man, even the famous faith healers, dude, I would go to those guys and nothing would happen, right? Um, and so I'm just trying to condense everything. But when I was um, my senior year in high school, I found out that there was a famous faith healer um, not too far from my home without mentioning his name. And so what I decided was, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to this miracle crusade and I'm going to come back with two hands. You know, and I'm going to prove it to my friends at my school that God is real because, you know, my friends weren't Christian. Um, and so I, I brought them to this crusade and, <laughs> you know, this faith healer was doing like a lot of the typical stuff that I grew up with. You know, just people were falling down in the spirit. They would call it where he's like fire, fire, you know, just doing a lot of very showy type of thing. And uh, now there I was, I was crying out to God to heal me and then nothing happened. And so, you know, I was bummed the first day. I was embarrassed because, you know, I was trying to convince my friends like, hey, man, my God is real. He's going to heal my hand and uh, just nothing happened. And so I was like, you know, I, I still have faith. So I'm going to go back the very next day uh, because it was this conference. And so um, I went back the next day in faith just to show that I'm going to persevere and I'm still going to believe that God's going to heal me, so to speak. Right. And so I go back. Once again, nothing happens. And so that was like a huge shift that happened in my life where here I was growing up my whole life thinking that I believe in a God who does miracles. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and I was really disappointed. I wasn't mad at God. It was just more like maybe God doesn't do these types of things today. And so um, I eventually, at that time in my life when I was 17, I was introduced to something called apologetics as a Christian. Now, apologetics, in case your audience doesn't know, it's basically a defense of the Christian faith. And I'm sure you're aware, bro, that even Muslims have their apologists as well. So it's just a, it's pretty much a defense, right? So it could be an intellectual defense, philosophical, historical, et cetera. And so we had our own, you know, our own breed, so to speak, of these intellectual guys that knew how to defend Christianity, showing it that it's, it's superior to all the other religions out there in the in the world and the cults and all those things and so i got heavily involved in that because that was so new to me and it did change my life forever when i was 17 years old i mean i was i was thinking hook dude because like like i said my whole life i was just a very simple christian but here i was for the first time i found out that there are good reasons to believe you know supposedly back then <laughs> you know that uh, christianity is true you know and then um you know my 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 teacher at the time, you know, she passed away, unfortunately, but my teacher at the time, she was a Christian apologist and she was the one that introduced it to me. And, you know, she taught me not just to understand Christianity, but how on, but at the same time on how to defend it as well. And so for those of us who are aware of uh, a lot of the typical Christian apologetics, at least the guys that I was exposed to, bro, um, these guys who were defending Christianity were not just defending it against or criticizing other religions, you know, but they're also criticizing different forms of Christianity, in particular, the charismatic kind, the ones that are like 
those stuff that's on the Christian network, you know, where people are falling down, speaking in tongues, people slain in the spirit. So they were trying to expose like the faith healers, the charlatans, you know. So for me, I developed that mentality, bro. So like for me, I had my own experience of not getting healed. So I felt like yeah, man, these guys that you see on TV, they're just asking for your stinking money. They're not real, <laughs> you know, or they're just being delusional, right? And so what happened was is that for eight years, I became a hardcore, hardcore skeptic. Like I'm not just a guy who was just passively, I don't believe in miracles. I was a guy who aggressively spoke against healing, which is weird, right? For a, a Christian who believes that God heals, but I was just so immersed in and in, in influenced by these Christian apologists who are very critical of what we would call the charismatic stream of Christianity, of faith healers, and all those types of Christians and stuff. And so, I was a guy that would go to Bible school and I would deconvert people who believed in the gifts of the Spirit and healing, and I would get them to not believe in healing anymore. That's how much of an influence that I had because not only did I have my arguments, I also had my stories. You know, where I would tell people like, hey, you know, you go to these churches who claims to you guys claim to believe in miracles, but you don't see any miracles. You just see people speaking in tongues. They're just jibber jabbering, you know, saying like banana backwards. You could just make that shit up. You know what I'm saying? Or you could people fall down or whatever. And it's like there's nothing miraculous about that to me. You know what I'm saying? And so I like I said, I developed this very skeptical mentality as a Christian with a very pure and good intention because I really thought that these people were being deceived, right? Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> I'm just trying to condense everything. Um, all of a sudden, I after eight years, I met this guy who had this miracle story that I've never, I, I could not uh, argue against. And so, like I said, for eight years, any miracle story that I heard any story that I heard of somebody claiming to go to heaven or whatever, I just thought was nonsense. Like, just trust me, bro. If, like, if you knew the guys that were around me, they could testify my personality. That's all BS to me, you know. But then when I met this guy, I just couldn't deny. There was something about his story that was just the evidence was so overwhelming where he brought in all the documentation from UCLA, from Germany. And, I mean, this guy's body was literally falling apart. He had five surgeries. He was supposed to have two more, you know, a total of seven. He has discs that were ruptured in his spine. His left leg was going to get um, amputated. His life was falling apart. He was 22. He was bedridden 22 hours a day. So here's this guy telling his story about how he was basically dying. And then one day, according to his story, is that he has this out-of-body experience. And through that out-of-body experience, he gets what we would call, quote-unquote, miraculously healed. So here I am listening to this guy during this eight-year skeptical period. And for some reason, for the first time, I was believing it. And I was struggling. It's weird because I was even confused. Like, why am I not wrestling with this? You know, but I guess it's because of the evidence that he was bringing to the table that this guy could be stinking lying. But how do I argue against the evidence that he's presenting? And here's this guy who's like standing in front of me, fully healthy. And he's doesn't look like how he used to just not, you know, several years before when he was like falling apart and dying and bedridden and everything. So I don't know. So that led me on a whole journey of rethinking this whole idea of healing that I'm going to spare you a lot of the details, but it was a really interesting detail of going back to my pain of not getting healed as a kid and all those things. And, um, and I skipped some part, but in the early two thousands, 
I so I'm a I'm a break dancer back in the day. Okay, we call it b boy, <laughs> and I was a typical you know. Absolutely. So when I, I was a break dancer ever since I was a little kid, um, ever since elementary school. But in the early 2000s, I actually injured my back, and I had a severe, uh, really serious back injury where um, I had something called a herniated disc. I had something called sciatica, where I would just this really it's just really bad pain, excruciating pain that would shoot down to my buttocks, my back to my buttocks, down to my feet. It, it felt like I was stepping on like a bunch of needles every morning. And, and at the same time, which was really weird, is that I actually uh, was diagnosed with a condition called gastroesophageal reflux disease, which is called GERDS. I never even knew what the hell that was until I was diagnosed with it. I never have heart pain, no chest pain, nothing, no heartburn, nothing really growing up my whole life. All of a sudden I get this attack, you know, in my chest that felt like a heart attack. And from that day forward, I was having um, like acid in my mouth, like vomit taste in my mouth every single day, pretty much 24-7, where my whole lifestyle had to change of everything that I ate and all those things. And um, once again, even with my back injury and, you know, so I was struggling with those, those two main things, my back where I could hardly even walk, like people at my university can witness to that because everyone, pretty much every class that I was in, they knew about my injury. Because I would always ask for prayer because I would always struggle even walking to class. I would literally like uh, holding a laptop. I would literally cry from the library to my dorm because I couldn't have the weight of just the laptop because of my spine was like crushing on my disc. I mean, that's how bad it was where I'd just be laying down and I can't even get up anymore because of just the excruciating pain. And, and so I just had to backtrack a little bit. I forgot to mention it. And so later on, I meet that guy, right? And so um, I tell that guy who was miraculously healed, you know, and I just tell him about my back. And we kept in touch. Through this uh, communication, I went through this journey of just kind of rethinking this whole idea of God and healing and all those things and trying to see if there, maybe there's some other legit guys who believes in what we would call you know, the power of the mind or whatever. If there's faith healers that are other, uh, you know, aside from the guys that I would see on television, you know, because those guys were just weird to me, honestly, all those years. They were like, they're anti-intellectual and I didn't like that. Right. And so I, all of a sudden I find, you know, there's this, there's this, these other guys that I never even heard of who were intellectual, but they believed in healing. Once again, long story short, my back was healed and my GERD's completely gone. Even to this day, it's a trip, dude. Like that's something that even just talking about it, like I, I get emotional even inside because I remember it every single day. You know, just before we started the interview, bro, I ate a bunch of M and M's, and it's like past midnight here in the Philippines, bro. I couldn't, you know, even eat M and M's on just a regular part of my day, but here I am, I'm eating it right before bed. <laughs> you know, like little things like that, my GERDs would affect my body. But like I see on how my body is so normal now. My back is completely normal now, bro. I carry a heavy backpack all the time here in the Philippines. I carry my wife's stuff the other day. It's just a constant reminder like, hey, you know, something happened to my body that conservative Christianity doesn't understand because some of them, some Christians don't believe that God heals today, right? So I, I belong to this stream that, you know, we believe that God can heal. But at this time, I'm still a Christian. I still identify myself as a Christian. So just to take you through some of the stages, I, I started off in a Pentecostal church. We would call it an Assemblies of God denomination. That's what I grew up in, right? But then eventually that skeptical period that I mentioned before, 
I ended up becoming a pastor at a Southern Baptist church. And I even taught apologetics at a Presbyterian church. And then eventually when I got into healing, you know, back in the two, uh, in 2006, I eventually left the Southern Baptist church because they weren't too happy with my shift, right, of getting into healing and all that stuff because to them <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> and, uh, and then I eventually got hired at another church that believes in what we would call the gifts of the spirit, right? So, yeah, this was around like 2006 to 2008-ish. This was that period. But I'm still identifying myself as a Christian. And um, eventually it was put on my heart, uh, you know, why don't I go to the Philippines? And I want to be a missionary because I just have a heart to help people. And I want to spread this message, what we would call it the gospel. We would call it the good news, you know, the good news of Jesus Christ, right? And so 2009, I, I, I left everything. Packed my bags, literally, bro. Like the the month after I graduated from sem seminary, the month after was January. It was my birthday. I left the week of my birthday to the Philippines. Hardly knew anybody. I just went there by what we would call "quote unquote" faith. <laughs> you know, just trusting God for you know just provision. Didn't really know anybody, and um, and I started to do what I was doing back in America, which was preaching, teaching, doing healing. I even planted a church, and um, but once again, I still identified myself as a Christian. And eventually, I reached a point during my missionary years, out of all years, right, which is a trip, um, I started questioning my own faith. Not because uh, I never questioned it before, because I've always questioned it as an apologist. But what I started to realize at this time in my life is that I is that I held a I held of a lot of I held on to a lot of assumptions because back when I used to study apologetics, from the way beginning, since I was 17, I did for so many years, I always had the assumption that Christianity was true. So every time I would study Hinduism, right, or Buddhism, or atheism, I always had the assumption that Christianity is true and I'm going to poke a bunch of holes, you know, inside all these other religions and all these other worldviews. So when somebody asks me a question about suffering or they ask about the violence of the old testament there are times where i can answer it and there are other times where i didn't have an answer and i and i just assumed that i was going to have an answer because christianity just has to be true because <laughs> that's just what i was taught but whenever i would read the quran or i would read another text that just didn't make sense i would it would be so easy to poke holes in those religious texts but whenever it applied to my own biblical text I just, just had to plead mystery or something. It was like a, some different kind of standard that I held with my text versus another religious text that was, you know, different from Christianity. And so I noticed that I was having a different standard, you know what I'm saying? And, and so finally, at this time in my life in the Philippines as a missionary, I was willing to question like the fundamental doctrines of my own Christian faith with an open mind, with the possibility that it might be wrong. And that was very uncomfortable for me because for many years, those things would still pop up in my mind. Like, what if the Bible is not 100% true or what we would call inerrant, right? That's just a, a technical term. I used to question that even back in the day, but I would I'd be like, no, if I question that, all my other beliefs are going to fall apart because all of my beliefs are supposedly based upon the Holy Bible, the scriptures, right? But then I started to notice that even when I would, you know, dissect and, 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 and question some of these fundamental doctrines, I started to notice that 
uh, a lot of the doctrines that I was holding to as an evangelical Christian, I looked at early church history and some of the doctrines that I would hold to at this time wasn't even in the early church. You know, that there were other different forms of Christianity that were legitimately Christian. And I'm like, well, you know, here I am, you know, even at my Bible school, we would learn that this is the truth. This is the gospel. This is a central Christian doctrine. But then I look at the early church history. I'm like, dude, some of these early church Christians didn't believe in these doctrines and they were still considered Christian. But to other people, they were considered heretics. But there are other forms of Christianity that were legitimate to some Christian communities. And so I started to notice those differences with an open mind, like, hey, what if these guys who were considered heretics back in the day, what if there was, what if they were right? You know, and so I started to dissect th these, you know, these doctrines of the Christian church that I held as an evangelical. And um, as you are aware, like with just ideas in general, when you start to deconstruct a particular doctrine, it's just like a domino effect because doctrines are somehow connected to each other, right? So from one doctrine, it would go to another doctrine, to another, and it just started to crumble for me. And I started to realize like, hey, you know, I'm still living my life and I'm still the same guy. It's just my, my worldview starting to shift. I'm starting to have a different way to understand reality. Beautiful. And I was still doing healing and I was studying other modalities of healing that were not Christian because my whole life, I always did the Christian version, you know, boom, in Jesus name, casting out demons, you know. But then I went through this phase where I was studying, you know, energetic healing, quantum healing, qigong, all that stuff, man, that all that back in the day, I would call it demonic, right, or new age. And then when I would start to read this stuff with an open mind, I'm like, no, dude, this is, it's legit, dude. It's the same thing. It's just all semantics. It's just a different way of it you know it's just different language mm -hmm. but it's the same principles that i learned in christianity right so that those, it, it was just like reality was a thing that really shifted me to be okay with where i was going because i knew that i wasn't becoming worse i noticed that i was becoming a more loving person i noticed that i was becoming more of an accepting person becoming more inclusive you know more gracious you know i was becoming less judgmental and um, yeah, bro, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking so you can ask me. Let me get some stuff. Let me get stuff in because some of the first stuff that popped up in my mind was like the Benny type stuff with fire, fire, and fall into the. Oh, okay, place. you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. right. So you know, it, it, there, there's that part, and then there's these these miracle workers that are clearly charlatan. Um, but but what I want to know, Josh, is because listen, I've seen it in Christianity, I've seen it in Hinduism as well. Where there's sure. there's certain gurus will whether it's for money or fame or what they're doing it for they're exploiting people with these yeah. fake magic tricks. Yeah. And like what goes on in somebody's mind who is seeing you know these healings and these magic tricks going on, and they get duped by it. Like what goes on in their mind um, from from because you've kind of been through it. What goes on, uh, like me as an observer, watching those people do those things? Or either, yeah, yeah, either you as an observer or you within that worldview of, of these. Yeah, so, so as I was mentioning before, like I, I, when I was a hardcore critic of it, I feel like I was more extreme as a critic because, you know, um, I, I, I started to realize like, you know, there are actually some people who they're not, you know, they're not charlatans. They're actually good-hearted people that they're just, you know, going with the flow and learning, of, you know, 
trying to do healing and it's not working or whatever. But when I see people who are taking advantage of people, of course, um, I would be very upset, which is why I was so outspoken about it because I thought at that time that all of them were fake. Right. You know, like every time there was a miracle healing, I felt acclaim. I'm like, dude, there's no, you don't even see people getting healed, you know? So right. I was on the extreme, but I do see that in some way, um, there was some good that I did because I was exposing the the, sh the charlatans that we would call them, you know? And, um, but yeah, it's, it, it's sad because, you know, you could give people false hopes and you're asking them for their money. And uh, I mean, Christian or whoever, just exactly. deception, deceiving people, taking advantage of people is just not a good thing. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, sure. Like you said, there, there's, there, there are genuine people out there who are healers and, and stuff like that. I've, you know, I've worked with shamans and, and mystics who, who genuinely perceive the entire process as a healing process. And I, I think that's very different than obvious exploitation of people. I mean, you do one scientific experiment on, on some of these things and, and it will collapse, right? Sure. I mean, you can't stand up to, to one scientific experiment. And so there, there is that aspect of it. Uh, but even the people who are involved, there are really good-hearted, genuine people um, do, doing some of these practices. And I think that, that that fact should help at least some of us, rather than being cynical, just being appropriately skeptical. What do you think? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so there's always room for healthy skepticism. In fact, I encourage everybody, you should be a skeptic, no matter who you know no matter how good of a reputation somebody has because they could be starting off well as a good healer but then they could let other things get in the way you know where they take advantage of people later on you know what i'm saying and so but at the same time even to this day i see healers that are on youtube i've been to some of the most popular healing crusades within christianity at least in america um I'm always skeptical, but but at the same time, I, I believe that thing that these things can happen because obviously I even look at my own body, you know, but at the same time, um, I will investigate and try to see, you know, like I would inquire a little bit. Okay, so you got healed of cancer. You know, how do you know you felt something on your body, electricity? Okay. Is there any documentation or x-rays or et cetera? So I think there's always room for some healthy skepticism because you, you shouldn't just believe everything that you hear. Right. And, you know, I'm completely into mysticism, too. So the, the idea is that, yes, there, there are avenues, there's energy, there's, there's spirit, there's healing that, that, that happens. And, you know, unfortunately, the, the, when, when they're charlatans, it takes away or people's openness away from the actual healing that yeah. does happen. And from a scientific point of view, look, science and medicine have not figured out what placebo or nocebo is. They use those words like placebo and nocebo, but they are meaningless from a medical standpoint. Yeah. So there, there's yeah. a mind-body connection. There's healing definitely that takes place. It's just unfortunate that the, that the charlatans distract us from yeah. the actual healing and, and the miracles that are possible. Yeah. And, and I'm guilty of, uh, you know, just the, of the fact that when I painted like a broad brush of all healers, right? So I, I, I focused on the ones that are just like kind of the, in my mind at the time, they're just very weird and mm -hmm. too, you know, eccentric and animated and, you know, they're on the Christian television. So I'm like, all healers to me were kind of, look. they look like that, <laughs> very anti-intellectual. And then, like I said, I found this other group of people into healings that were intellectuals, they were scholars. And I was drawn to that because I'm like, I never heard of these guys before. 
mm-hmm. right? But if I didn't hear of them, I would have just thought of the healers as the ones that I see on the Christian television network all the time. So, yeah, it's like it, it's unfortunate because, you know, these people, they have the platform. So if you're an outsider, you think this is Christianity. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that are asking you for thousands of dollars, you see, so into their ministry and then you'll get a miracle or something. It's like that. That's just unfortunate that that's the representation of Christianity at times that people see on television. But, mm-hmm. you know, as you continue to search deeper, you know, you'll, you'll realize that there's other types of people who genuinely can help you. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. So you you were talking about some of the doctrines, and I, I uh, one major parallel I think between my own personal journey and your own personal journey was this whole idea that everybody's going to go to hell. Before uh-huh. you get yeah, so, so one of the one of the reasons why you transitioned out of Christianity into spirituality is because of that reason is because that everybody is condemned based on the doctrines that they hold. Do you mind uh, touching on that for for a little bit? On the on the doctrine of hell specifically, yeah, hell specifically, but specifically for people who don't believe in 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 the doctrines that Christianity. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. So you know, just of course, you know, like when I talk about Christianity, like um, I'm just particular talking about the particular version that I was in because, like, there's so many forms. I mean, we have over thirty thousand plus denominations, right, and groups of Christianity. So I'm talking about the one that I was part of that was more exclusive because there are other progressive forms of Christianity that are more inclusive, right? So I'm just talking about my specific one. I grew up with a type that was just either you believe or else, right? <laughs> like God loves you so much, but if you don't love him back, you're screwed. <laughs> you but know what I'm saying? Real, bro, like that is mainstream Christianity, right? Main, mo- yeah, pretty much. The, the very small small voices that, that are inclusive, that you can go to heaven or or whatever the process is after life, uh, beyond death, that you know you're not going to go 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 to hell type of Christians. Yeah. I I would imagine that they're less than five percent of the Christian population. Yeah, I mean I don't know the the actual percentage, but I know it's not the mainstream that everyone's seeing, unfortunately, right? I mean, which is why we're you know doing what we do because we're trying to get the message out. But yeah, unfortunately, you know there is this us versus them mentality among. A lot of Christians, and I was guilty of that for pretty much most of my life. And um, yeah, so it was this gospel that we would, it's pretty much you you believe in a certain way. And if you don't believe in a certain way, you're going to be condemned for all eternity in a place called hell, right? And so, yeah, it's unfortunate, but I, I, I look at my own life back then on how it was hard to reconcile that type of mindset with reality. That's why I'm really big on reality because reality just kind of wakes you up. But the type of Christian that I was, there was always like this disconnect of what I was taught. And then there's reality, (laughs) you know? So back then I would see my non-Christian friends, my Buddhist friends who were like down the street for me that were like my best friends, you know, they're like really nice people, you know? But in my mind, I'm like, dude, they're going to go to hell (laughs) if they don't believe the way that I do in the sense of my Christian faith. Right. I mean, they could even anyone could even say they believe in God, but even that's not good enough in my perspective, because I would say, which God, you know, is it Allah? Is it Jesus? You know, so it's like it, it was very narrow. And so that's that was a tension that, that I lived with. And I think a lot of Christians still live with where there's this disconnect with with your heart and with your head, where they know deep down that your friends who are non-Christians can be loving people. But in your mind, theologically, you're taught these people 
don't ultimately know love because they don't have Jesus in their hearts. You know what I'm saying? So there's always this us versus them mentality where since we have Christ, we are the ones that are favored by God and they are not. We're the ones going to heaven. They're the ones that are going to go to hell when we die. And so that was like a big struggle for, for most of my life. Even when I would evangelize and I would meet, you know, there was, there was a story that I remember where I would go around every single week, bro, to different mosques and I would debate with uh, Muslim apologists. That was actually our homework in school. We would go to a mosque, we would ask them for a Quran, and then we, you know, we would, I would read their text. I read the Quran, I read the whole Quran, and I would try to like debate with them. And I remember some of them, I'm like, yeah, some of them are kind of mean, you know, just as I heard, they're so argumentative, you know. And I remember I met this really nice Muslim who was not argumentative at all. And, I, and he was saying that they were, you know, that not all Muslims are violent, but some of them are very peaceful. I'm like, nah, man, but 9-11 and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, so it's just very much a stereotypical that we see, mm -hmm. right, that we hear about. And and I remember just like even just being taken back a little bit like, dude, this guy is so, so kind, so chill and so loving, yet he's not a Christian. And so it was like, it, it was so, and I still had my worldview though as a Christian, as a Christian apologist trying to like, trying to make sense of it all. but justify like nah but he's not really he's not going to make it to heaven because he doesn't know jesus christ the way that i do as jesus as god right in the flesh and stuff and and i remember meeting this other muslim who shared to me his testimony and you know christians we have testimonies all the time when we go to church and here's this muslim sharing his testimony about how he was hooked on drugs and then allah changed his life and i remember hearing i'm like dude how do you argue against that i could try to argue doctrinally yet he had this transformative experience of becoming a better person because of his understanding of God, which was Allah, right? And so those things I remember would always stick with me as a Christian for many years. But at the same time, it's like I, I still had this mission to save as many people as I can because I didn't want to see people go to hell. You know what I'm saying? I mean, who would want to, right? I mean, you think about it, your, your, your loved ones that died, you know, centuries ago, I mean, like down the down the line of your family, they're still burning in hell, according to a certain version of Christianity. They're still burning to this day, and they're not going to be there for hundreds of years or thousands or millions of years. They're going to be there for sticking forever. I mean, that's something that I'm like, do do we really take the time to really reflect on those words, eternal conscious torment? You know, and, and it's going to be forever. It's not going to be a temporary one. Right. And I'm like, dude, it's like. I realized on how heartless I could be that I was so driven by doctrine that like, Oh, I just accepted that, you know, just because I was taught that, you know, or it's in the Bible or that's how I was told that that's what the Bible says. And so that, that became a struggle for me because I started to notice like, that just doesn't make any sense. You know, like uh, it's amazing how we as human beings can come to that conclusion or that understanding that, that, you know, these people are, you know, obviously we're nobody's perfect, but there's people that, that you'll meet in the world, in the world that are absolutely, you know, somebody's mother, somebody's brother, somebody's sister, somebody's parent or daughter. And th these are precious human beings who are struggling with life. Many of them um, are, are, like you said, for the most part, wonderful people. And yet human beings can perceive that, but yet we expect god to be in judgment of these people you know meaning that our we have compassion 
and yet we expect God to have less compassion than human beings in terms of yeah. the torment. Yeah, for sure. So it's like we're able to love better than God can because like I would even ask Christians if they believe in hell, they're like, well, I wouldn't do that. But Josh, we're, I'm not God. I'm like, but think about it though. Why wouldn't you do it? <laughs> Why wouldn't you allow someone to suffer for all eternity, even though they were loving people, you know, they were a loving person to you. And that's the thing because we're driven by our doctrine. We, we inherit these doctrines and theologies without, without question, unfortunately. You know, because of just the assumptions that we have as the Bible is the word of God, et cetera, where you just don't question it, you know, where you don't read it with your hearts. And that's just where, you know, that was just one of the, the main doctrines that I started to notice. It started to crumble for me. Now, granted, I still have um, a certain understanding of, of the afterlife that might be different than what a lot of people assume about me. But, yeah, I mean, I I, I don't hold to the, the traditional version of eternal conscious torment. Um that you know, there's no hope after after death if you believe that consciousness continues, right? Obviously, you have to have that assumption. Well, the other thing is, it, it would be one thing if you know if it was because you know we we were horrible people, right? Yeah. But but, but what what Christianity and Islam do is that the way to salvation is a belief in doctrines, right? Yeah. But you believe that something happened historically, or that a pro prophet was sent with a book, you follow that book. And that's why, why, how you end up, you know, not going to hell for eternity, yeah. right? Sure. And so, and, and and so the doctrine aspect of it is what boggles my mind the most. That the, that 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 doctrines are a path to to salvation. It makes no. It's particularly when you think about psychology and philosophy, how limited human minds are. How do you expect us to understand the mystery of the universe? And that we have to have these precise doctrines and and depend on somebody that appeared two thousand years ago or fourteen hundred yeah. years ago yeah. for salvation. It just makes no sense whatsoever. It, it's absurd. And it makes you put really assume things about people that, like you said, that they're that that these people are evil, that they're guiding other people to eternal torment, you know, meaning yeah. anybody who's not of this belief. It's unhealthy, it's irrational, and it's absurd to say the least. Yeah, it is. I think it's one of the most uh, disturbing doctrines in within Christianity. You know, it's like it, I mean, I feared for my life. You know, even as a Christ, as a younger Christian, thinking that I wasn't good enough. You know, like, you know, I share a story in my book where I talk about how when I was a kid, I woke up one day in the house and, you know, I go to my parents' room and I noticed they were gone. So I was like, all right, so there's mom and dad. And I look and then my sisters were gone. I was like, the whole house was empty. And then I thought it was what we would call the rapture. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of the rapture before, but it's like where everyone gets taken up and yeah. you, I was supposedly left behind <laughs> you know in other words that i was eventually gonna go to hell and so even as a child when you think about it it's like a funny story but when you think about it that's just not a type of mindset that is healthy for anybody especially a child you know what i'm saying and so these are the things that we 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 teach young people and it's just unfortunate that it does skew our vision while we're living alive right now, thinking that all these nice people are going to go to this place of eternal torment just because they don't think like us. And what's the, the, the weird thing about it is that for a lot of Christians, they'll always say Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. They'll always emphasize it. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. But the guys that I come across with, when you really dig deeper into what they're really saying, it's not a relationship. It really comes down to doctrine, as you were saying, because it would always be like, do you hold to... Uh, 
uh, Jesus as a son of God, as a second person of the Trinity? Do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe in this? Do you believe in that? I'm like, dude, if, if it's about relationship, it shouldn't be so complicated about this doctrine, that doctrine in order to get to heaven. But really, when you look at it, like what, what a lot of Christians fall into, and I was guilty of it, is that we were so fixated on doctrine and certainty, right? Mm -hmm. like, like we knew 100% that this is true. You know, we know 100% that this doctrine is is you know without error or whatever and to think that your your whole life you know that when you cross over so close you know to the other side that it's gonna hang on how you believe just right you know what i'm saying and i'm like dude i've spoken so many christians who could hardly even articulate their faith <laughs> you know they could hardly even understand the doctrine of the trinity or the incarnation of jesus christ and i'm like dude if that's the case, and these people should be lost too. I mean, these guys don't even understand how to explain the doctrine of the Trinity or the incarnation. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but if that's the case, so then who are they worshiping? If we're, if we're so fixed on having the right belief, instead of understanding that we're all on a journey, we've all been born in certain places around the world that are influenced by certain religions. Like, for example, you know, I'm here in the Philippines. Um, I wasn't born Roman Catholic, but then when you come to the Philippines, People are here. It's predominantly a Roman Catholic country. You know what I'm saying? You go to America, you're most likely going to be a, an evangelical Christian. Or you go to China, you most likely will be a Buddhist. Obviously, there's going to be exceptions because not everyone's going to be those things. But we can't deny on our environment affecting what we believe. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing. It's like we're, we're, we're part of this journey, you know, that we have to understand that a lot of people are just swallowing these you know, these doctrines and dogma, because that's just what they're taught, because their parents were taught those things. So they're sharing it to their children, you know? So I don't blame the people if you grow up, like here, when I meet a Catholic here, it's like, well, obviously it's because your family's Catholic, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but of course, you know, it's like people struggle with what they're taught because, you know, it just doesn't make sense to them. It doesn't make sense with how they understand reality. That was an amazing breakdown. I mean, the, the, the words that you use to describe that whole situation, I mean, this is invaluable. Your whole perspective is absolutely, I mean, it's so unique, so rare, and so invaluable to, to see somebody who has had these insights, having been through, you know, certain types of brainwashing and conditioning of the mind through, through religions of this sort. You know, when you mentioned the rapture, the Seth Rogen movie popped up. I don't know if you saw the Seth Rogen movie. Oh, which one, which one? Uh, it, it was a rapture, and they made fun of the whole. Oh, was it? No, I probably didn't see it. <laughs> you gotta watch it. I can't even remember that. Yeah, I'm gonna find out what the name of the movie is. It's not. Oh, okay. But now I gotta. Yeah, maybe it's on Netflix or something. I don't know. But um, all right. With, with that being said, the next the next part I, I want to get into is where are you now spiritually? And you could just say spirituality, whatever, wherever you are, wherever you are. Yeah, I mean, I don't identify myself with any particular religion. Um, I don't mind if other people do identify. It's just I find it very limiting for me. Um, I guess at best I could just say I'm a human being who was raised as a Christian, and I have no regrets uh, with my Christian heritage. I, I did learn a lot of things. You know, um, like when I meet with people, they think that I threw it all out just because I no longer identify myself as a Christian. I say, no, there's a lot of good that I got from the Christian tradition when it comes to you know, uh, the message of forgiveness, the message of understanding grace in a certain way, the message of uh, feeding the poor, you know, so, but there were other things in there that I disagree with to this day, but you know, that was my tradition. That's part of my narrative. And I think that I, I, I treasure that because I'm able to help people 
who are on a similar path, you know, who reach out to me, who were raised as Christians, who are pastors, and now they do, now they don't even know what to do anymore. And so, you know, at this point in my life, I'm just like, dude, I'm just Josh. I'm just a human being. Um, I you could you I guess you could say spiritual, but whatever the hell that means. But yeah, I mean, I believe in reality. I believe in love. You know, energy, whatever. Um, you know, but people like to label me things as progressive this, new age lab, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, nah. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I, I do see that there's good in a lot of different systems. Right. And um, there are flaws in every single system. And so mm -hmm. I will take what is true, what I believe to be true at this moment, and I will reject what I understand to be false. You know, so. The best way. I, I think this is what the world is coming to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't mind calling it spirituality, um, but, um, but, but you're right. It's beyond labels. It transcends these types of things. It's all about love and compassion. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes it's helpful to have a framework uh, sure. which we can work off of. Um, and, you know, for some of us, it, it's good to, uh, you know, identify based on how we see the world that this makes more sense versus this. You know, I'm yeah, actually sure. going to anything yeah. specific. But this, this worldview or this interpretation makes more sense than that interpretation. Sure. So I'm not yeah. against frameworks, but I agree with you completely in terms of transcending yeah. identities and just being human and spiritual. I think that's ultimately what it's what it's all about. But the 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 thing that I was um, trying to point out is that you know after leaving Christianity, you didn't become an atheist. You didn't, or or if not the word atheist, you didn't become a materialist, saying that only the physical yeah. universe is it. No, I mean, I, I could say that I could be an atheist in the sense that I rejected a certain version of God, if you could call that an atheist, right? You just reject a certain version of God, right? It's a non-belief in that one. So, yeah, I don't believe in a certain particular version of God. Um, I'm definitely not a materialist. That was never an issue for me, you know what I'm saying, especially with just my, my, my life, because that's the thing. It's like when I decided to come public, and say that I no longer identify myself as a Christian. People thought that I was an atheist. <laughs> you know, they, I mean, there are people who would message me and tell me that there are groups, uh, you know, on Facebook debating whether or not I'm an atheist <laughs> because I don't really come out with my views. You know, what I'm saying I just question a lot and I share that online. But um, I just look at my whole life in that I still have experiences, even to this day, of what we would call uh, spiritual experiences or the divine. And it's just it's just language that we use. But, you know, the materialism never that never made sense to me. I studied atheism since I was doing apologetics when I was 17. And even when I was uh, deconverting from my fundamentalist Christianity, I was very open to atheism in the sense that I'll still read all those Hitchens books and Dawkins. I read all that stuff, you know, and just for me, I was never convinced. I like them in a certain degree where I like their criticisms of religion, some of them. You know, um, some of them I still felt were kind of weak, but overall I felt like, hey, yeah, there's some legitimate criticisms of religion that I hold to. Now, the way they're alternative, which is atheism or just materialism, um, you know, that I never, I just couldn't buy into that because of just the experiences that I was having. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, consciousness and all that, that's always been an issue that I was very interested in for ever since my college days, you know, this whole idea of consciousness, which is a problem for a lot of materialists. And so um, just as I have on my YouTube channel, um, I've always been interested in what we would call uh, near-death experiences or out-of-body experiences. I've, I was always interested in that ever since I was a little kid.
because my mom would tell me stories about people going to heaven. You know, that's just her Christian language, heaven. They would call it heaven. I'm like, oh, wow, that's amazing. I want to experience that, except just not the near-death part. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But they experience just divine love and this oneness with everybody. And the only time I was skeptical of that was just that eight-year skeptical period, right? After when I didn't get healed at that crusade. That was the only time that I, I didn't buy into those stories. But when I got back into the healing stuff, I was all in with that stuff. I, I, I've been open to that stuff. So for me... The whole materialist mindset uh, just never made sense to me. You know, thinking that this physical body is it. Nah, I, I, I think we're more than this body. And I think my experiences that I've been having um, outside of my body um, proves that to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I want to get to the uh, the out of body experiences in a moment, but I, but I had a quick quick question because I did hear you say something about oneness. And so, sure. do you think you could touch on that? Because that's a, a a big part of the reason why. Uh, you know, I became really interested in the ancient religions, particularly Hinduism, because of this this notion that all is one. So, so yeah. do you mind touching on that for a moment? Yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much it. It's just the way I see it and the way, you know, we're all somehow interconnected, right? Even if we learn all, some of this stuff in quantum physics and all that, like we're all connected somehow. So, so when I look at, when I look at this, this world, when I started to become more inclusive, um, I started to understand that we're all one. You know, it's like I, I don't have to look at, at the other, but in the ultimate sense, we're, we're all just one. <laughs> you know, and which is why it it allowed me to wake up and and to love my brother and to love my sister because we're all you know on this journey together as as just as just this just this one you know love that we have for this world and. Um, I mean, I don't know how technical you want me to get in this stuff, no, but yeah. I just, just, just to hear, hear you speak about it in general is inspirational because it shows you the shift in consciousness that is taking place uh, in the world of how I can be a random person over here, um, you know, in the United States and you're over there in the Philippines and, you know, completely different lives and yeah. coming to, to the same conclusions without anybody evangelizing us without anybody trying to prove this to us. It's just- No, yeah, yeah. This, this, this wasn't by just reading a bunch of books, bro. Like I didn't, you know, just question this or question that because of a book. It's, it was, like I said, it's reality. It's just, this is how I experience these and experience is all that I have in the ultimate sense, right? So I, I told a friend the other day, I met up with them on the weekend. I'm like, dude, I could be wrong, but at least I'm being honest with myself at this time in my life, right? I'm not gonna live in resentment, trying to please my family, I'm ultimately not even trying to please my wife. You know, it's ultimately trying to be true to what I'm experiencing. But like I said, I could be wrong. But I told this guy, I said, well, so can you, though. We all can be wrong on some issues. But at least we're trying to be as aware as possible because reality is reality. And what I'm starting to see is, is, that, is that we are not separated from each other. We are not separated from God. Right. And so that that was that was also one of the big issues that I had within the Christian faith that I struggled with for so many years of seeing uh, God was like out there. Right. And then uh, you see that so much in, in, you know, among Christians, like, you know, they pray to the sky, you know, God is up there somewhere, you know, or they pray out for the spirit to come down from heaven and all that stuff. I'm like, that, that just doesn't that doesn't fly with me anymore. Like for me, it's all one. We are one. There's no separation whatsoever. You know, and um, 
That's why I just, it just reminds me about humanity. I can look at someone and just feel connected to them and without getting too technical, but that uh, that's also how it works out within the paranormal stuff too, right? Yeah. Where you could able to have, understand another person's thoughts and you could feel their feelings, et cetera. But you know, we don't have to get into that now, but yeah. No, absolutely. We're on, we're on the same page, bro. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm just humbled by the reality that this is, actually happening in the world and in your story i mean i remember when i when i first came across it i was like wow this is actually real because you don't find any christians let alone evangelicals let alone somebody who's a pastor who ends up realizing this it's like non-existent now granted uh, or they're in hiding <laughs> or they're in hiding all right so, so the next thing that I want to get into is, you know, without getting too technical, again, in terms of the paranormal, the spiritual experiences and mystical experiences, stuff like that, is that I, I have found that a lot of uh, new age types, I'm going to say new age types because that's how, how I understood there. They claim to be new age anyways. Um, so they're into all this uh, uh, random st spiritual, mystical, occult stuff. And then they go into an experience or have an experience uh, and experiences can be blissful, they can be heavenly, or they could be hellish. And when yeah. the hellish experience happens, it happens across the board. Yeah. They call upon the archetype of Jesus, and then it turns into a heavenly experience. And now all of a sudden, they 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 decide to become a Christian. Yeah. What is your understanding of uh, of this whole out of body experience, whether it's astral projection or something else completely different? um what is your understanding of what these experiences uh, are are and in terms of when the experience turns dark does that mean that that jesus is the only way he's the only one that can save you from this and that new age spirituality is what took you to that dark space to begin with if you could get into that for a little bit okay which one would you want me to target specifically uh the whole like, experience turning turning demonic you could start with oh, that Okay, yeah. So I mean, um, when it comes to out of body experiences, yeah, there, there's what we would call positive experiences, and some of them are even hellish. There are hellish realities, right? Um, now, from my understanding, is that our ideas or wherever we're at, when it comes to our own um, vibration, right? Whatever we're vibrating, we will start to attract it, and so beliefs play a huge role in what we would in our out-of-body experiences so if you believe with a certain worldview or framework why is it that a lot of people they do have these experiences of the demonic especially christians right so like uh, there there was this i remember there was this kid who wanted to know if hell is for real so he would watch all these near-death experience videos on youtube and he's like all right jesus if this is real you know show me next you know he has this hellish experience you know but like when you look at that, like we have to keep in mind that our beliefs do manifest into reality, especially in these other in these other dimensions, so to speak. It, it actually depends on where you're at, though. So I'm trying not to complicate it. But um, some of these dimensions that we you can end up in in these, in these different planes of reality, they're more thought responsive. And so many times, if you have beliefs or ideas in your mind that are even subconscious, right? You might not even be aware of it. These can manifest into certain thought forms. And so when you, because of that, you can start seeing the things that you believed your whole life. That's why people would see Jesus or they would see their own, you know, religious figure, even when it comes to them crossing over, you know, it's like uh, beliefs play a huge role. Um, doesn't necessarily mean um, that they're objectively like right or true in the sense that 
I'm just trying not to, to get too technical with it, but yeah, our, our beliefs play a major role in, in many ways of what we see. That was perfect. That, I mean, you can't, that, that's the explanation for it in my view. Yeah. That is that, that was precisely it. Okay. Awesome. All right. So one more, one more, uh, a topic that I think that is important. Um, you know, I, I talk a, a lot about the, the only the subject that I'm interested in attacking when it comes to Islam and Christianity is the whole exclusivity thing. Where you, okay. You know, like, I, honestly, I don't make too many other criticisms of, uh, uh, I don't really make any other criticisms of religion. Granted, there's always stuff that we can criticize. I think yeah. for the most part, the rest of that stuff doesn't matter. The main thing that I care about is, is death and life and, and, and yeah. what's going on and what's going to happen. And if people are going to literally be tortured uh, for eternity, then that's something to contend with uh, yeah. and something to deal with, but also the implications of what these beliefs have. So that's yeah. my main thing. I don't, I don't usually attack uh, Christianity or Islam on any other issue besides this one. But that okay. being said, you know, there are Christians who are persecuted in the world right yeah the in the middle east or where, where you know maybe you know they're, they're, they just don't have the opportunities and they're going to try and, and evangelize and convert everybody as you know as a former missionary yeah. so how, how do you think for people who are hearing this who are not christian and are dealing with these evangelical types who are trying to convert you and then on top of that there's people christians who are persecuted what do you yeah. think the best way forward is for people who who are considered heathens by these types of people what do you think is the best way forward in terms of being able to get along and to love and compassion and all these types of things amongst christians yeah how can we love christians who think we're yeah going, or most <laughs> who think we're going to hell yeah, yeah 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 i mean so so these people who you know if you come across a christian who's you know uh sharing to you their message of the gospel and if you don't believe in a certain way you're going to hell these christians are human just like anybody else Right. And uh, just like on how me and you haven't figured everything out, neither have they. And many ways, like they've been indoctrinated. Um, and, and, and honestly, like I look at them as just on a journey that for the most part, like I could speak for myself and I could speak for a lot of my friends. When we would share these messages, even if they were exclusive, <laughs> uh, we shared it sincerely, like because we thought that it was true. You know, granted, there's some guys that could be jerks and stuff. Screw those guys. But the ones, you know, who are more kind and they're sharing this message of exclusivity, even though their actions are so kind and loving, um, I would I would give them the benefit of doubt that they're actually just trying to do a good thing. Like when I was trying to save people from an eternal hell, no matter how ridiculous that sounds, I really had a heart to help people because I didn't want them to go to that place that there were where there's going to be no hope whatsoever you know what i'm saying and so when i look at people if, if who are, are judgmental christians if we reject them for being exclusive then we're guilty of the very thing right of, of of being exclusive as well you know that's why when i tell people like hey you know yeah not all christians um um are nice right but some some are but at the same time not all atheists are nice either some of them are extremely aggressive and they could be dicks too you know what i'm saying yeah. it's like that's just the way it is you know people are people and uh, everyone is like on a journey if we could just learn to accept people not accepting everyone in the sense that all beliefs are true um that would be a whole problem zuno with a bunch of contradictions um but it, but we can learn to dialogue and we could have conversation that hey everyone is on a journey 
sharing their quote-unquote truth. And we just, you know, uh, if you could just try to understand where they're coming from, their background, and, you know, maybe this is all that they know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's just knowing, like, hey, they're human too. And, you know, we got to just be more understanding that um, for the most part, a lot of them are trying to do this out of the loving kindness out of their heart, even though their message is skewed, you know. And But like I said, not the ones that are, like, obviously condemning you and calling you names and all that stuff. Like, forget that. But, uh, but yeah, it's like. Between ideas, ideas that people have that are ridiculous. And yeah, people, it's, it's, it's mostly, yeah, separating that. Mm -hmm. and and looking at you know dissecting more of the 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 idea like as you were saying that's mm -hmm. that's something to think about more instead of just judging the person as being stupid or you know uh brainwashed or whatever but granted yeah people are indoctrinated it is sad but you know it's like they're human beings right. you know and i was there too i'm guilty of that i mean i, I had so much confidence in my faith bro it's a trip like even i'm shocked of where I'm at. Like here I am, like I have this huge 180 turn. And I'm like, that's why I told people when I went to America back in 2012, like oh, a lot of my uh, seminary friends were like shocked <laughs> with what happened to me. Cause they know me, they're like, Josh, we know how you are. You don't just sh you know change your views. I'm like, exactly. So I'm like, just hear me out before you base it upon hearsay. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it, took, it took a long time for me to get to where I'm at now. It was a process where I figured it all. I mean, I was so confident back then. Right? I knew who's going to go to, you know, who goes to hell, who goes to heaven, you know. It's like, it's, it's a trip on how much certainty that, that I had and how a lot of Christians have. Because we just kind of inherit that mentality. You know, that we have to know this is the truth, this is the truth without question. Never question God, never question God's word. And I'm like, dude, I, I inherited those those types of mentalities and beliefs and stuff. And not to to remove any responsibility, but I, I just try to be more understanding because I was there too, you know, and I was sincere trying to save people, <laughs> you know, um, right. but yeah. Wow. All right, Josh. So, uh, you know, in, in reflecting uh, on this whole conversation, I have to admit, um, for, for my take personally, not only is this the most important conversation that I've had on YouTube, but I think it's going to be the most important conversation I will ever have. The, oh, in terms of all of the different topics that we we touch, uh, everything from from exclusivity to to evangelical Christianity to charlatan miracle workers to uh, what would the, the the how how the mind can produce different uh, impressions during a mystical experience, whether it's dark or light. Uh, to 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 loving Christians and trying to understand why they have these sometimes delusional beliefs. I mean, there's no conversation in my view that could be more important than this one. And uh, yeah. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. So, yeah, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. All right. So we'll we'll go ahead ahead and and, and end it here. Um, I definitely check out Josh's channel. Uh, I think you've written a, a few books as well. Check that out. Um, and you know, I'm definitely going to continue watching your videos and I'm sure sometime in the future will, you know, even if it's a year from now or two years from now that we'll link up again and uh, you, 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 be blessed. God bless you. Infinity uh, in you. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate what you're doing. What you're doing is a good thing, bro. I checked out your channel last night. I'm like, this is good stuff, what he's doing. So I feel your heart. I'm, I'm glad, you know, we resonate 
on a lot of these things. So there's something there, you know. So of course, I, I believe in what you're doing as well. You're just another voice, uh, just speaking light into the world and reminding people, helping them to remember who they are, you know. So keep it up, bro. It's good stuff. Beautiful. All right, peace, brother. Peace.